This podcast that you're about to hear was recorded on New Year's Eve of 2015, and um, it was before the untimely events of early January 2016, in which um, both David Bowie and Glenn Frey um, passed away. So this is um, going out to them, a big shout out to the musicians that we in the in the United States have loved. Um, thank you, David Bowie and Glenn Fry, and also Alan Rickman, who uh, who made us all happier. Um, also, it was uh, we hadn't mentioned Lemmy either, so uh, may Lemmy also rest in peace. We never talked about this. Like, what are your five, or you know, what's your favorite like record or you know group or whatever musically? Like, what music has had a huge influence on you in your life? And do you have a list? I have a huge you know, list. They make Desert Island discs. Mm-hmm. You know, like what what would be in your Desert Island jukebox or whatever? I, I can't, I'd have a hard time doing it. I, yeah, there's, there's just so much really good stuff. When they say five of them, that you, it, I I freak out because it's like five is not enough. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I do one list I've been making on my phone. You know, whenever I am killing time, is albums that I think that are perfect from start to finish where there's not a dud on the whole album. Yeah. And and there's there's not that many that are absolutely perfect from start to finish. Um but there are a few, I think. And uh and uh so I've got like that list what? on my phone. Well, give, give me a for instance. Well, Patty Smith Horses comes to mind, yep. of course. Um, you know, from from beginning to end. Um I've always been a big fan of magazines, Secondhand Daylight, that that from beginning to end. It's, it's you know, dark and curmudgeonly, and now that you listen to it, you hear that, you know, that late 70s, early 80s synthesizer, but it's still perfect from beginning yep. to end. Um, let's see. Those are making a comeback, though. They are. They are indeed. Um... Roxy Music's first album, I think, is perfect from beginning to end. I wouldn't change a thing. And I know every breath, every note, every every everything. Um, let's see, Boss Hog, their first album, oh, yeah, Boss Hog. That, that's a really good record. Um, Sneaker Pimps, Six Underground, mm-hmm. back when Kelly Ali used to be with them. I think that's without a flaw. De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising, completely perfect wouldn't ever ever change a doggone thing on there um let's see and i know this will be a controversial pick but the velvet underground and nico i think that's kind of a perfect album i i call or create no controversy with you there you go you and i have um very complimentary music experiences and collections and there's stuff that you like and have loved and you know every word and every breath and it's, you know, I, I don't know it. You know, I didn't live that one. And that's totally fine. Or it's something that I don't, you know, it's it's cool, but I'm not totally into it. And you have that stuff with me too. Yep. So 
that's 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 what's cool. I mean, we don't. I don't hate you or think you're stupid because you like stuff I don't like. So there's no controversy. I say go for it. There we go. Well, and now here's here's one that that might cause controversy am- among us all. Go for the controversy. Um, I can't pick a Jimi Hendrix because I, I I think they're all wonderful. So I, I, I if I have to pick one, I can't do it. So I, I kind of think all of the original Jimi Hendrix albums are kind of perfect from beginning to end. Yeah. I you know there you go, that's how I feel. Everything is stunning. Yeah. Like, how did he do that? Yep. <laughs> yep. And and I don't feel that way about all of Cream's stuff, but there is probably Disraeli Gears is pretty good. From I I have to think about it. I haven't really thought about that one. It just popped into my head. Hmm. Um, but I have to think about it. But there there is there is I'm sure there is a seminal. You know. Yeah. Well, you go Cream through periods. Yeah, like I can't imagine listening to the same stuff for the rest of my life. And well, so with 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 classical music, I can. But th- what's right, so but strange not, about not that? Not only that. You know, not only Bach. Right? Forever. Forever. Well, I don't know, but I would need to have that. And you know, if I was sure. on a desert island, I would need to have, you know, a little Mozart, a little Bach, a little Beethoven. You know Shostakovich here and there, Chopin, but I don't look at those as albums, so it's hard for me to pick. You know, it's mm-hmm. like more like a you know symphonies. I'd have to get into symphonies, but um, but I, you know I'm looking more at you know rock or jazz or you know something like that. Yeah. So and and I didn't even I haven't even touched jazz stuff yet. Because there's a lot of Grant Green that I couldn't do without. There's yeah. a lot of, you know. Miles Davis. Ma- well, yeah, yeah. And uh, Charlie Parker. Dexter Gordon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Go. that's some really good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got stuff like that, too. Do you want to hear a couple of mine? Sure. I have more, too. But oh, okay. go on, go, go, go for it. All right, well, we can throw them back and forth. Um I, you know, I was just thinking in terms of like what really like kind of changed my outlook on things. Okay. So yours are kind of like things that, albums that changed your life. Or just were really influential in, you know, at a moment in my life for whatever reason. You know, like maybe when I was young and I was just starting out and it's like, oh crap, that's really fucking good. Well, some on my list will cross over into that list too. But the, the what I was talking about was ones that I felt that there wasn't a dud on the whole album, and that, that you know if I could do it over again, I wouldn't do it any you know any differently. Save maybe, you know, boost the you know the drums a little or something like that, you know. But I think <laughs> like they're, on the Sex Pistols, that can everything's you, muddy can you and have it's a horrible. Trouble, please? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though I don't want it harsh, I, that was a pretty good record. Yeah, that was um, a good one. So like the very first thing I ever bought on my own. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, I can listen to it and it totally holds up. Um, the Allman Brothers live at Fillmore East. Oh yeah, yeah. That just you know, I remember listening to that over and over and over again, and that was really cool. Um, then, then, and then another one that completely opened up my world to oh, you can do that in music was um, the Mothers of Invention. 
just another band from L.A. Yeah. <clears throat> and I remember, I remember distinctly standing there with, thank you, with Weasels Ripped My Flesh in one hand and Just Another Band from L.A. in the other and going, which one, which one? And I opted for Just Another Band from L.A. They're both good. They're both awesome, and I'm really glad I got it. I mean, that just totally opened up my world. And that's one of those records that they make so many references in there to things that in my world at that age, I didn't know anything about. There were inside jokes about Los Angeles and about the music business. And it's like um, the original link you know, page on the internet that's filled with links, like all these references, what do these things mean, you know, and you start learning about them. And it just like one, one record is at this focal point, like the nexus of all this other stuff that you then learn about and it expands your world. That was one of those really big ones for me. That's yep. Yep. And I think everybody has has one of those. And for me, it was a David Bowie. It, it actually it might have been I can't remember if it was David Bowie or Roxy Music, but both of them kind of hand-in-hand hand did that that same thing. I believe it was probably David Bowie first. And, uh, you know, maybe a, a Diamond Dogs or, or, or one of those where I, I heard it and I went, oh, okay. You know, oh, it doesn't have to all sound like the Eagles. Right. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, and... Um, and well, and and um, yeah, Iggy, Iggy, and the Stooges, and and you know, and well, and we knew in the '60s because if anybody has heard '60s music, you knew that music could sound great. And then in the early '70s, it started just sounding like crap because all that they played on the radio was stuff that they played to death, right. and very it got a lot more commercial. And and so it was, you know, the Carpenters, which I hated then, but now I've kind of changed to loving. Um, and because Karen Carpenter had quite a voice. Yeah. You know, I found an old diary of mine and I'm like, oh, the Carpenters kill me. And because um, I had just heard them too much. But, um, but now, you know, looking back, Karen Carpenter had a fantastic voice and you know what she played the drums yeah how many girls played the drums i mean really seriously i mean their music was was pretty pablum oriented but um but they were kind of kick-ass and her voice was awesome and you know so i've you know come around to that i haven't come around to um the captain and Tennille, although yeah. they're always good as kitsch Oh, sure. They're very good as kitsch. Yeah, if I you, expect to you see know, them on an episode of Chips or something. Or Love Boat. In fact, they yeah, were. I think they were I, on the Love yeah, Boat. they were. She was, for sure. <clears throat> That's just a kitsch machine. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah, and, you know, there were there were other things. So we learned in the 60s that music could be good, and then it went away, and it all became, you know, that kind of light country Americana rock you know, like America and bread and the Eagles and and then like Jim Stafford. I don't like spiders and snakes and which now, you know, looking back, I can appreciate again. Right, but, but I don't um, want to hear it every hour. No, no. Uh, but you, you were just force fed it. Um, and, and diversity 
um, disappeared. I think right. in the, it started to disappear in the 70s. That's when we started getting more toward um, these targeted stations like we have now. Whereas in the 60s, you could hear, you know, everything. And I think we've talked about this. Yeah, Top 40 was you a know, little bit of everything. Top 40 was a little bit of everything. And, and that's what got me into a little bit of country music, got me into a little bit of, you know, certainly anything. It's like know. food. It's like the thing with your mom. Just try it once. Yeah. You know, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. But at least you start to learn about these different genres and some artists that, right. you know, right. might not be exactly in what you you think in your narrow definition of cool yeah because then they all of a sudden stopped playing you know r&b was for the r&b station it wasn't for top 40 anymore and it's like that i loved r&b you know give me my supremes and my jackson five i need them yeah and that just i just took that for granted that's just what was out there and yeah it was really cool and And then 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 it started going away there was um the fm stations i used to listen to this station called double the the call letters were wzmf Mm -hmm. out of milwaukee and you know they'd play all kinds of stuff and it was really cool um they'd play whole albums yeah. Oh, hey, we got this new album in. They'd play the whole thing. And uh, I got to hear a lot of different stuff. You know, the, the other thing that's cool, too, is not just when you're younger, but I don't want to be the kind of person who only listens to the same shit because that's what I listened to when I was 16 or whatever. Right. And so it was really cool when I started, you know, you go through these periods where it's like, oh, crap, everything sucks. And then you discover certain things that you didn't know were out there. Right. Or are brand new and you really, really like. And it, you know, I, I liked that. And I totally missed the whole punk thing. Thing I was doing other shit. And then when somebody introduced me to all that, I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, and I, it made me feel more alive again. Mm-hmm. And the and the thing that happened in the eighties that was like that did that for me was the Pixies, ah, uh, like just completely different, a whole new approach, different phrasing, really great music, poetic. Um, you know, it's just wonderful, wonderful stuff that spurs your imagination, and again, lots of different reference points to things that you want to investigate more. Well, and I I think one thing that I really liked about the Pixies was that they didn't write all about oh girl I love you oh my heart is broken <laughs> yeah, no oh blah 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 they wrote about all kinds of things mm-hmm. you know and from different points of view and from as different characters mm-hmm. and I really like that in music I like it when people write as characters. And and I, I th- that's what I really loved about the Pixies. It's not all like, oh, you left me, my heart is broken. I mean, how many times and how many different ways can we hear that? And, you know, I know that some of my favorite songs are about that. So, you know, it's not the end of the world, you know, to hear something like that. But we really do need to branch out songwriters and write about different stuff. It's not all about the relationship between men and women. You can write a song about all kinds of things. And and I think, you know, some singer songwriters who are out there now out there now are, are writing about more more things. And that, you know, gives me gives me great joy. So here's another one that's on my list, and it is an underappreciated, unknown band that I loved, and I think you did too. 
there was a band called 12 Caesars. Ah, yes. And they came out with this record called Youth is Wasted, Wasted on, on the, the Young. Young. And that is perfect from the first note to the last. Yes, it's without flaw. And in Europe, they were known as um, Caesar's Palace. Right. But I guess they got sued because people easily confuse a casino with a rock band from Sweden. I know, I do. And uh, so they had to change their name, so they went by 12 Caesars here in the U.S., and that kind of fucked them up as far as their marketing goes. But that record kicked butt. It was snotty. It was. It was great, it was and we saw them. Really good. And we've seen them, and they were. Yeah. They were. It was at this little at a bar. Um, what was in that Chicago. Place? Yeah, I don't yeah. remember the name of the place, but Shubas. Shubas, yeah. And then they didn't play any of the shit we liked. Obviously, they were going through some changes. The band was not happy that night. Yeah, we were, they did we not. Kind of like fuck. Yeah, they they were they were having some uh, personnel problems. It seemed. <laughs> from the audience they were not speaking to each other and uh looking extremely pissed off with each other so that it, was a very interesting show yeah there there was they were just snotty there there was one song where they were talking about of all of all the extra of all my favorites no of all the extras, you're, you're my, my favorite, favorite stand-in. Stand it's about a movie person, obviously, uh, an actor. When no one else is around, there's always you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, I don't know that that band. That whole record is good. If you ever get a chance, if you ever find it, um, just give it a listen. It's really cool. It's probably streaming somewhere. Yeah, you can get it. I, yeah, I, but but that's Twelve Caesars, and that one I highly recommend. And there was another band who had name problems, um, Big Lazy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Who was an instrumental band, and they did this kind of sleazy um, New York uh, jazz, dirty back alley kind of underground. Still rock and roll, yeah, but but, um, but with a decidedly um, kind of well, I didn't. I, it wasn't always super sleazy. I should say it was kind of um, laid back, and and so their their name was Big Lazy, and they used to be called Lazy Boy, right? And 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 it does sound like that. It's like it's kind of like sleazy jazz from your recliner, right? It was it was pretty it's good. It's very hipster. It it yeah it was at the time it was very hipster, um, but then uh, the last album that I got of theirs they had added a vocalist and yeah. I was not thrilled by by the addition of the vocalist because I thought they were better without, and um, and then I think they broke up. You you were you were writing to one of the guys yeah, from that he band, was, weren't you? Um, I was asking him when they're going to come to Chicago, and he was. The writing, answer was never. Yeah, <laughs> I, mostly they just did you know uh, clubs in New York and everything, and but he would write back, and uh, they were they were very cool. So we have a few of their their pieces. Yeah, um, I like them a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I of course too. there again, you know, people can very easily get confused between a band. And a, a recliner. recliner. So. I, you know, I don't understand the difference between those at all, actually. So, I can understand the drama. Well, what else is on your list? Um, let's see. Uh, well, if we're going into the that changed my world kind of kind of thing, television. 
um, um, you know, I'm Mr. glad I got to see them. Richard Lloyd and and uh, Tom Verlaine and and the boys. Yeah, uh, they were they they were really quite something. Um, you know, well, of course, Patty Smith, you know, stays on that list. And another one that totally changed my world that made me drop what I was doing. I was in a record store and they put the record on there. There have been two more like this. And I was like, oh, don't. Um, uh, <laughs> That's exactly how she sounded. Too. Yes. Lena Lovich. I, oh, I yeah. walked up and said, who is this? Give me this record now. And and um, Ween. Chocolate and cheese. Yep, yep, yep. I what? Who's this? Give yeah. me this now. The 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 Ween album, Chocolate and Cheese, sounds like for as many tracks as there are, it sounds like it's that many different bands. Yeah, it's amazing. They're they're extremely talented musicians. They're no longer together, unfortunately. We were um, we and, saw them when they filmed their um, DVD. Yes, yes, we did. Um, you might hear some screaming in where there. Where was that, that was again? Us. That was on... Was that... Just south of Belmont. What was that place? Uh, um, um, theater. Uh, oh. Yeah, you'll think of it. It's the place where they feel you up. The Vic. You're... Yeah, that's it. The Vic. Yes. And they do. <laughs> they touch on you. Um... Um, yeah, yeah, but Lena Lovitch, you know, no, not many people heard her because she was not cool. super ultra popular, but she, she changed my world. She did. Um, yeah, that was Excuse a good one. Me. <clears throat> my water is Dyspepsia, groaning. my friend. Yeah. Gang of Four. Oh, yeah. They changed my world. Um, All right, so what's the, what's the best live show you ever saw? Oh, brother. I mean, I know there's a lot of them. You just, tell me yours. Um, the one that always comes to mind that I just will never forget is I, I was at um, Pink Floyd. They were doing Dark Side of the Moon. <gasps> and it was an outdoor concert at Milwaukee County Stadium. And they did Dark Side of the Moon. This was not too long after it came out. And it was raining and raining and raining. I mean, it poured. And um, and and they had to stop the show a few times. And then they finally got a tarp put up, a canopy, so that they could, you know, play again. But they were starting to uh, improvise lines and make fun of the weather. But everybody was really cool. Nobody was being a jerk or anything. Nobody right? was freaking out. So, and the show went pretty late. Uh, because they had to, all these rain delays. But at any rate, there's one point where they they sing uh, when the sun is eclipsed by the moon and the clouds parted and there was a full moon. And the entire place, you could just... Uh, I just remember sensing that everybody inhaled at the same time. It, it was really cool. And... And I'm not imagining it. I wasn't high. You can look it up. Other people experienced it. Um, it that was a really interesting experience. That was really cool. That's really cool. And um, I, I really remember that one just because it was one of those collective wows. Well, that's awesome. And you know, you said that thing about the everyone inhaling at the same time. And yeah. I have, I have a. Uh, I went to a, a concert that was like that Prince. 
Mm. And and he was mm. it was an early Prince show. It was in the early eighties and and he was on I, I remember on stage was a bed and and he just like came up and he was laying in the bed and the bed like slowly kind of like stood up so it kind of it it came off the floor so that he was standing if I'm remembering this right um and and that was a show where everyone breathed in at the same time mm-hmm. it's like everyone was kind of going through the same thing it was it was really interesting that was that was a really interesting show and also david bowie that was just an incredible show and it was it was it was a life-changing event it really was i remember like just feeling connected to him and he was just up there and he was a really really magnetic performer and that's probably hands down that's got to be the best show that yeah. i ever saw although i never you saw know, him remembering it now it's uh you know it's a little more hazy <laughs> you know there were you know possibly ulterior substances coercing oh the I, bloodstream oh yeah to enhance my experience it was floating in the air right and you couldn't help but um right and i also happened to be it. dressed as a nun so that's perfect yeah you are not dressed like a nun right now. No. Well, um, as always, it's great talking to you. Great talking to you. And I'm looking forward to hearing more of your favorite stuff. I know I've got some, too. And um, and we can just intersperse that into our next session. I'm going to go plug my Walkman into my uh, lightning bugs. <laughs> and recharge those batteries in my tape player. <laughs> yeah, the the problem is I haven't been wearing the lightning bug like you have expected me to, and it might not be uh, ready to charge up your your tape player. Uh oh, they are available in adult sizes now. Yeah, well, I'll I'll get busy on that. Yeah. All right. Well, cool talking to you. Hey, we're gonna be making uh, Hoppin' John tonight. So yeah, there you go. You'll be able to fill it. I will be all aglow tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Introducing Shart Grippy Gums Brand Denture Adhesive. Are you tired of watching those old videos of you blowing your teeth into your granddaughter's birthday cake? Have any of your loved ones ever said, Grandma, for God's sake, will you please stop sucking your dentures in and out and in and out? Grippy Gums has the kind of adhesive power others can only dream about. Grippy Gums Denture Adhesive gets in between even the smallest cracks of your sadly desiccated oral cavity to form a bond that will never let you down. Listen to what relatives of real customers had to say about Grippy Gums. The teeth really held, and my grandmother has never been happier. The other night we caught her playing tug-of-war with the dog. She's really spunky now. Thanks, Grippy Gums. My mother-in-law loved the Grippy Gums. She seemed happy when we've seen her in years. In fact, she just up and took off on vacation or something. Took us three months to find her, but we did. The Admiral Canadian Mounted Police told us she'd taken up with the family beavers not far out of Hudson Bay. That stuff works here. Grippy Gums Brand Denture Adhesive. Only from Shart Industries.
That's it for this episode of the Prehensile and Gretel Show. Don't forget to stock up on Grippy Gums, the denture adhesive that will hold your choppers in tighter than the glue on Donald Trump's wig. From Shard Industries. Shard Industries. Sometimes organic, often ethical, and always delightful. The Prehensile and Gretel Show is improvised, written, and produced by Phil and Rita Rebius. Our secretary is Blanche Nesbitt. The role of our schnauzer is played by Barry Flavonoid. For more detailed information about each Prehensile and Gretel episode, check out our website at prehensileandgretel.com. We encourage you to leave comments on the website or to share your deeply rooted fears, anxieties, joy, or frustrations in a less public forum. Please send us an email at comments at prehensileandgretel.com. If you are a bad speller, please ask someone who was around before the advent of texting. <laughs>